We have a lot of respect for people who practice different religions, and our purpose with this podcast is to simply identify and deconstruct problematic evangelical ideologies. Oh, hi there. I'm Candice. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Hi, welcome to Adventures in Ideology. This is a show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created in 1986 by Focus on the Family and still running today. If you were raised evangelical, you're probably familiar with it. And if you were not, prepare for some insights into a kind of bizarre subculture. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children and reinforcing Christian values and teaching inside people's homes. It was and is highly effective. We listened to and loved the show growing up, and now we're listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas that are being incepted into children's minds. We also examine how these ideas played out in our own lives. We're excited you're here. Welcome. I'm Candice. And I'm Karis. And I'm very excited for our special guest today, um, artist, actor, Elena. All around Hi. awesome person. Just incredible Hi. creative energy. Former um, uh, baby city. <laughs> Yes, I used to babysit Elena. <laughs> and now we're just regular friends. Just regular. Um, yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your background with Adventures in Odyssey? Well, sure, gosh. I mean, I, I grew up in like a similar way to you guys with the Adventures in Odyssey, but probably a little bit more obsessive. Like I would spend multiple hours in my room, like cleaning my room, like purging my room of things with listening to decks and decks of Adventures in Odyssey. Um, Cause it was just my thing. I was like, what I do? I just listen to Adventures in Odyssey all weekend for hours, go to sleep to it. My Saturday morning activity. And um, I got all my cassette tapes from my older cousin, Kayla. And I was like, seven maybe and like wore through them um yeah I loved adventure Odyssey. and I like a bit of me my background like I grew up in the church an evangelical church and around like 15 kind of started moving away from it and then about 17 I asked my grandparents to stop praying for me so that was you my... said that to them yeah <laughs> I know wow you were so much braver than I was at that age yeah <laughs> I was just like <laughs> very intolerant at that point I was like I can't take it anymore I was very explosive of a person so how did they respond mostly like sadness like it was mostly like my grand. So this is something funny that happened always on my birthday. They listened, they listened for a little while, but they would always like try to like nudge a little thing in, you know, before they go out the door, like they'd be hugging me and they'd be like, Jesus still loves you. 
and then they like go out the door. <laughs> um also you know that they were still praying for you just not to your face oh of course they were 100%. and also now like i don't mind i'm like sure you guys can pray for me like send out some good vibes i love it um yeah. <laughs> but my this is one thing my grandma and grandpa used to do on my birthday and they still kind of do this they will give me a card now and then there will be like a white folded paper on the inside and the card is like happy birthday Elena we love you so much and then the white folded paper is like the <laughs> the message the from God that's like it's like the prayer it's like the you're you will be blessed Jesus will always love you this kind of thing it's like a letter and so I kind of sometimes just you know toss it and then I you keep the card I keep that. all the cards wow <laughs> yeah. that's nice I cards stress me out like there are very few people that I like getting cards from I like getting cards from Karis uh and I like getting cards from uh Linda because you guys write the the nicest most like thoughtful cards but most cards that are just like yeah like cards that are like this costs you eight dollars and you just like wrote my name in it and and, and I just, it name. like stresses me out because I'm like, this is $8 that I'm holding in my hand <laughs> that I don't want. Like, right? but I feel like I don't, um, can I just, can I just recycle this? Like, also, if you're going to get me a card and just write my name in it to and from, uh, please go to the dollar store and do not spend more than a dollar on a card that you give to me because it's going in the recycling. Shall we start talking about the episode? Yeah, the episode. We can talk. I'm like, I want to have you on for a Patreon episode because I think we have a lot of good stories that oh we could share. Um, That'd be awesome. We should. Yeah, we'll talk Let's about that episode, it. and I'm sure Different. this one will bring up a lot of stories. So I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the two sentence description. Ned Lewis's VBS class is a mess, and he must perform a sketch in front of the entire church. If everything goes well, the church will consider starting up a drama program, but things don't look too good for Ned. Anyone have any initial thoughts before I jump in? My God, um, he's no, so oh, annoying. His voice? <laughs> yeah, just the whole time I'm like, he's such a whiner, you know? He's so nasally. <laughs> he, yeah. Um, I'm like, Oh, God. <laughs> I did really remember this episode from growing up. Me too. Yeah. I Maybe it's because his voice it before. sticks in your head. Yeah. Because it's very nasally. Yeah, uh, probably. Also, it's like, yeah. you know, it's VBS, right? We all live that VBS life. <laughs> yeah. Well, Karis. Yeah, we did. Karis taught at VBS one year. VBS for Many those years. listeners who are not Christian um, is stands for Vacation Bible School. So it's like summer camp, day camp for Christian for kids. kids. Yeah. For, yeah, for kids whose parents. And you do like you do like a craft, and you do like a snack, and you do like like a Bible uh, story. Bible story. Sometimes there's singing, and sometimes there's yeah. like a play. Yeah, like there's usually show. like a theme. Yeah, and there's usually like a theme. So like every day you're learning more about the same theme or the same characters that are teaching you about the same Bible story, but you're learning like different parts of it. Or 
Right. Like it'll be like the theme could be like, like I remember one vacation Bible school that I was teaching at too. It was like a safari adventure one, you know, so everything was around the, yeah. I feel like you and I overlapped a little bit in our VBSing. What Bible stories did you use for safari adventure? Like Daniel in the lion's den? Oh, I remember. You know, I don't really remember the the stories themselves, but I remember always on the last day of Bible, the VBS, they'd always do like the crucifixion story. Like it'd be always the pinnacle yeah. You know, the Friday, you always do the crucifixion story. And then you always say, like, ask if anybody wants to be a Christian now, like, of the kids who are there. Yeah. That well, was the trajectory. It's, it's you very, always got to get there. They, they're trying to get the kids because if you get the kids, you can get the parents. Because the right, parents will be like, like yeah, this totally. Great. Be like, this oh, this is, is so like, fun. so wholesome. Yeah, we'll bring mm-hmm. our kids to Sunday school and, Yeah. And then we'll just I mean, they're really just trying to get any one person in any family so that then they can suck in the rest of the family, you know? Yep. But people are particularly vulnerable around their children. Yeah. Yeah. And also kids are passionate, you know, like I think about there's really Mm -hmm. pivotal moments that happened to me when I was a kid and in different like in a youth retreat or in Bible school or whatever, where somebody would be like giving me approval. And this comes on later in the episode, too, like you know, giving me approval for my behavior by BBS or whatever. And, or like, you know, sort of what, I know you guys talked about this in another episode, like the prophecy thing of being like, you know, you're going to grow up and just like change everybody's life. And that thing, you know, you get a really passionate kid about that. And then they're going to be like, you have to come. Like, you know, they're going to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I can't okay. remember the kind of stories. Do you guys remember? Um, no, I don't no, remember I either. I never taught VBS. What? Who are you? No. I know, right? <laughs> I somehow missed that. I did teach Sunday school, but not VBS. It's oh, great. You don't have does. to sit in the service. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, I got paid to teach Sunday school one summer. What? What? I yeah, they were trying to give. Off. Yeah, they were trying to give <laughs> volunteers a break, so they hired me to take over one of the grades, like or like age three and four. If I was a volunteer, so, I would be so yeah. mad. I know, so like, right? You'll you're paying. Just pay me, and yeah. then pay like I'll, I'll work. Just all pay summer. someone yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't complain. You're the pastor's kid. All the pastors kids, totally. like and everyone's screaming mom. nepotism. Like, yeah, somehow yeah. for some I reason mean, the pastors kids got paid to teach Sunday school. <laughs> to be fair, this was only um, like the summer you got married, Candace. So it was that dad wasn't a pastor there anymore. Yeah, so ten years oh. ago. To be fair, but still, I get the point. Should yeah. we jump in? Jump in now, now that you guys hate me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I have no resentment. <laughs> um, okay, so it starts off. Ned Lewis is getting ready. He's the teacher of the sixth grade Sunday school class. He's getting ready for the VBS program that evening. Him and Wit are talking, 
And Wit's like, you must be excited. But Ned is actually really worried that it's going to be a disaster because uh, Muggsy and his gang in in um, took over the lead roles or volunteered for the lead roles. So he explains Muggsy is Eugene Mumford. Muggsy is his nickname. His acting isn't that bad, but his personality is. And his gang consists of Hank Shorter and Junior Bascom. They've been causing all sorts of problems throughout the week. So then Ned starts to tell Wit everything that's happening, and it kind of flashbacks through everything that's happened through the week. Um, so, so then it just, it's flashing back, and it's Ned um, talking to his kids. We only have this week to put it together, so be at every rehearsal, all right? And he's explaining it. And as he's explaining what's happening, every, like, two words, he's interrupting himself to lecture Muggsy for doing one thing and um, the other two members for, two, you know, like, one of them is, like, stop stop playing with this person's hair. Stop licking the paste. Stop whatever <laughs> every five seconds, basically. Uh, yeah. So he tells them oh. that they're going to do the story. Oh, yeah. Um, Is this, I think it's before this where he says that, they're kids that only come on days when there's like a food. Oh, did he say that? I missed that yeah, part. I missed which that I thought part was too. interesting. Okay, because because he's like that they're the kind of kids that only show up when there's like um <gasps> a, a meal, and then he's That's talked. Weird. And then one of the things he says is that yeah, they like totally. stole cookies, and I'm like, all I could think was obviously these kids are hungry, like totally. They're, they're only coming to the ones where there's like a potluck or whatever, food? and then they're. Yeah stealing cookies like i mean god yeah. i stole cookies from like i stole arrowroot cookies you know Same. from the nursery from like the nursery eating those the whole time arrowroot <laughs> like, and the fishies yeah sometimes just, i would yeah. get so hungry at church i would just like take the sugar packets from the coffee stand and just like <laughs> rip them open and eat them because we were there for what felt like forever always like Sundays I remember by the time church was done I was always so hungry and then you still had to like go home and like make lunch and (laughs) you know yeah like I just need some glucose (laughs) yeah yeah I think I think that's why I started drinking coffee yeah so you could just like like fill it up because it was just sugar and then exactly calories in your body yeah well I don't know like that opening with that opening, I, I don't know, I had a few problems. One was with the kids. I was like, what's so bad about this? Like, you know, what's so bad about these kids, like, having fun and joking around and, you know what yeah. I mean? And he's just being yeah, like, and I think, I think it's like, they're not yeah. respecting me, my authority, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, but also, I thought it was interesting. Or whatever. Because they call him... I think they're like in middle school because he. Oh yeah, he's yeah, they're 16. sixth graders and he's a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they call them like a gang, but I was thinking about the yeah. last episode where we had a gang. Do you remember? Right. The, the one, Christmas episode. That Christmas episode, and yeah. they're like very racialized and like unredeemable, basically. And this is just like right. some, just like a some group kids. of kind of like irritating young white guys and I think like the message of this is even if you have unruly young men as long as they're like white you can kind of shepherd them <laughs> into leadership oh, do you know what I mean yep yep mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because that, I mean, that is what happens by the end of it, kind of. But Yeah, that was like the kind of yeah, the yeah, overall yeah. message that I got from the episode. I also just oh, got man, the like so polarization of like good and bad, you know, like that's just something totally. that's really prevalent in the church. There's no gray area. There's no room for mistakes. There's no room for playing. Like there's this pressure and you see it in Ned, like his character, he's such a grown up, mm-hmm. you know, he's so a grown up. And I was like that. Like when I was in church, I felt like I had mm-hmm. to be a grown up. You know, I couldn't mess up. I couldn't be less than perfect um, in so many different ways. And like, you know, when you go to teach CBS, I was probably the same way. Like I was probably <laughs> horrible. Like, yeah. you know, I'm fine, but I was probably a bit like that. A bit like, you know. Yeah, annoying. I mean, they were they were just being kids. Like they're they were being grade six boys, <laughs> very clearly. Yeah. Like nothing really. You'd think if you were teaching VBS for grade six kids, like you would kind of understand what that behavior looks like. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And but even I, like the I also. Idea... No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was just gonna say like the thing about that they're such bad kids that they couldn't be in his play because he thought it would mess up the play. Like it wasn't about yeah. doing the play. It wasn't about the play being a learning experience or like having fun or any of that. It was about, he wanted the play to be good. And so only the good kids could do the play. And like how that was like in everything in church growing up. Seriously. Yes. But I, I, felt really bad for him because he got a lot of pressure from the pastor because the pastor was like dangling a whole drama program in front of him was like well if this goes well then we can see about setting up that drama program you want so it was just like all this pressure on this like poor teenager anyway we haven't got there yet we should yeah i was gonna say we might be jumping ahead a little (laughs) but so no, no no this is good ned tells them they're doing the story of shadrach meshach and abednego and he asks for volunteers. And immediately Muggsy and his crew members volunteer. And Ned is like, anyone else? Anyone else want to volunteer? What about you? And he calls out another kid. And the kid's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then Muggsy, like, clears his throat. <clears throat> and the kid's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and so then they get those parts. But then, but Muggsy can't pronounce the name. And then Ned finds out that Muggsy and his friends know absolutely nothing about the story. And, like, they're asking, like, can we take along a fire extinguisher? And, like, they just keep asking questions. And there's so much chaos. And it's actually really fun to listen to, just the way it's written and, like, how they jump from one topic to the next topic to the next topic before he even has a chance to, like, answer things. It's really entertaining to listen to. I really enjoyed it. Um, you can tell Ned is getting really frustrated because he can't keep them under his control. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they're asking questions about everything. At one point, it somehow devolves into Star Wars. I don't have the specific details, but then well, one because of them, he like, talks about Skywalker. He talks about Babylon as an empire. And oh, that's, that's right. Like, and like then Star yeah. Wars. Mm-hmm. like Because the one guy's like, like on a baseball field and the other guy's like, no, not an umpire, an empire like Star Wars. Um, sorry, I went to, I just wanted to see, do you want to give, um, just a brief 
synopsis of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for our listeners. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if I should do that in times in Sunday school. Oh, I wasn't sure if I should do that now or like talk through the story as we get to that part because they do go through it. Sure. But what do you think? Should I just, I can give a rundown now. Okay. Yeah. And then people aren't like lost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for those that don't know, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Abednego can be found in the Old Testament. Basically, there are three Israelites that are captured by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar is the king. They're captured along with several other people and along with gold and treasures and stuff. And basically, uh, Nebuchadnezzar builds this giant statue and tells everyone, like, when music plays, fall down on the ground in front of the statue and worship it or else, basically. And they refuse to because it's not their high God, you know. They can only as worship you do. God. Yeah. Because they can only worship God. The and, um, yeah. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar threatens them with this fiery furnace. And they say, well, there's nothing that you can do like that will separate us from God. He'll save us. And even if he doesn't, we can't do something that's against him. So Nebuchadnezzar orders the fire to be like seven times hotter than it already was. So hot that the people that put them in the fire die putting them in. And then Nebuchadnezzar looks in and there they are just walking around. And suddenly there's a fourth person in there with them. And it's God. And um, so then he calls them out and they come out of the fire furnace and they're like not even singed. No fire, no smell of smoke on them, nothing. And he says, how is this possible? And they basically say, because God. And then he says, well, we'll worship your high God then or something. How does it? Yeah, basically he's converted like and, yeah. and they take yeah. down the statue, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so that's the general story of Rackshack and Benny. As, Rackshack um, and Benny! As they're so um, <laughs> fondly called in VeggieTales. That was a good one. Well, one thing I was going to say earlier, yeah. like on the note of the Star Wars thing, is like that's, that's what kids do. And that's what we do as people is make yeah. how we make stories that are so far beyond us. Like throwing people into a fire pit with a king Nebuchadnezzar like how do you make it personally meaningful like that's yeah what all store like when you can do that in a story then you then you have a conviction about it then you have a belief system about it you know you're moved by the story but so then it's it doesn't make sense to me that he like critiques them and and you know wants to make them shut up (laughs) yeah a hundred percent like, yeah, well, and I think it's like what you guys were saying earlier about control, you know, mm-hmm. and how it's mm-hmm. like, and within the church and like, it has to look professional. It has to look good. There's all this pressure on him. And so he's just passing that pressure on to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Stuff. So, which is bad because it like, you miss out on all the fun. Um, anyway, so basically they keep wanting to change the script uh, so he's explaining this to Wit. So he, he it jumps kind of back and forth. So he's explaining this to Wit. They kept wanting to change the script. You know how everyone is supposed to bow down to the idol when the music plays? 
Well, they wanted the music to be rock and roll. And then they started playing cards while they were in the fiery furnace. I think that's a great addition. I know. I like (laughs) it's so creative. And then he says, and this is the interesting, but yesterday something even worse happened. Uh, And so he tells Wit, and we have another flashback where he's cleaning up after rehearsal and Pastor Williams comes in and basically just dumps a whole crap ton of pressure on him. I was going to say, like, on the note before your daughter came in, um, I was just telling my aunt the other day, because she asked me, she's very religious, she's very evangelical, and she was like, Alina, and I was like, I don't know why you're asking me, because I am not in this for life, but she was like, how do I make my grandkids, like, believe this for the rest of their life, you know, and I was like, why are you asking me, but I said to her, I was like, you know what, honestly, to me, the missing piece was joy, like, having like you know watching your role models be joyous about this thing that they believe in and so that's what I said to her was like I felt missing yeah I agree with that because it's mostly obligation more than anything (laughs) yeah like what I felt totally from church you know you have this obligation to like do the right things and say the right things so you don't go to hell but it doesn't mean yeah. that you actually have to be a good person, you know? You just got to go to church and, yeah. And I think it's a place that yeah. has, like, capacity to build community, you know? It's like, it you think about these Although, kids in this episode. I was just going to say, like, they all... I was just going to say, like, I think that's one thing that they really talk a lot about when you're at church, like, community. And there's, like, they promise big and when I left the church, I really kind of missed that. I was like, oh, I miss having a community. But the more I thought about it, I realized I still didn't have one when I was there. Like, they talked mm-hmm. a lot about it, but it, like, functionally, it never felt like a safe place. You know, it didn't feel like yeah. a place that I wanted to be around people. So I think, like, I had this idea that it was. But it never, that was never the reality. It's like if you talk about it enough, it'll just happen. Yeah. Well, even in this episode, like, I was just thinking, this has happened a little later on, but the, as people are watching it, they're all like laughing. They're, they're, they're laughing at the (laughs) uh, kids on the stage so much and like making fun of them in a way. And like, you know, even what's his name, Ned, he's like making fun of them. And I'm like, to me, this thing, this play, I'm like, this could build community. Like, this is a community builder itself. But there's oh, like totally. an element of ostracization in it, you know? Yeah, totally. But. Um, so, anyway, anyway, Pastor Williams comes in to see, uh, while Ned is cleaning up, to see how the play's going. And then he just heaps like shit tons of guilt or pressure onto Ned. We've never done anything like this before. I'm anxious to see how it turns out. It could lead to a drama program at the church if it goes well. 
lots of parents here. Great opportunity to show them what we're teaching their kids. Also, it's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> and then he like like just like pressure upon pressure upon pressure. And then he says, "Oh, Ned, break a leg," and he leaves. And Ned just mutters to himself, "After tomorrow night, you're gonna want to break both my legs." Uh, I thought that was like such a horrible thing to do to Ned. Seriously, right? I think he came in and he was like, I think they were trying to portray him as just like excited and interested, and like kind of doing it off the cuff. But you got to be aware, like, of the amount of pressure you're putting on someone. Like when you dangle a whole drama program in front of them, if it goes well, you know, that seemed kind of shitty to me. Yeah, especially when it's based on other people's performance. It's like. He doesn't really have that much control over it. Yeah. Yeah, you can direct well. But I thought it was a good note on, like, authority and, like, this thing of it it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It only matters if he thinks it's good or not. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that reminds me of something a little bit off topic. Um, We have a friend who is a very talented musician uh, in Red Deer. And she had a band. John was in it. <laughs> I'm giving lots of clues. People, will, people who know us <laughs> know who she is. Um, in case you don't know who she is already. <laughs> and she was offered a job at the church we used to go to. And she went into, so she went in to talk to the pastor and he said to her, like, you know, Jesus always had the best and we want the best. And that's you. And in her mind, she's like, what are you even talking about? Like, that makes Jesus, no, he what? like, he had like kind of the rejects. Like he went and collected the rejects to be his followers. There's no like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what theology. Anyway, just this idea of like, presenting things looking a certain way you know like things have to look good especially if you're like a pretty big church (laughs) yeah yeah there's like so much superficiality yeah i'm just picturing jesus like being a mega church pastor like (laughs) coming out on stage with like the the mic and everything and all the flashing lights like i I just feel like it ruins the whole message but I always, just would never I have Jesus really was like time. standing outside the mega church being like, Yeah, don't go, don't in, go in there. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He was like trying to bolt the doors closed. <laughs> yeah. 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 God. Yeah, I've always had a really hard time reconciling like the idea, the actual message of like who Jesus was with the lack of compassion for people who are not all there and all churchy and that's been that was like a big point for me of leaving was like you know it's Mm -hmm. not it doesn't doesn't mesh to me yeah I mean Stephen and I talk about a lot or we used to back when he was still a believer if you've listened to our Patreon episode, you know, there's some tension in our relationship uh, <laughs> because he's an atheist and I am an agnostic. Um, and we first uncovered that live on Patreon. So 
Um, <laughs> but we like when we first left the church, you know, we left because we actually believed it and we didn't see it yeah. actually playing out at all in that environment. Yeah. We took it. We believed too, too sincerely. I feel like that's why a lot of people have left. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I that's think that's why a lot of people are deconstructing. That's kind of the most recent huge exodus. You know, like the 2016 mm-hmm. election really kind of pulled back the veil on a lot of these, Oof. like, you know, racist, homophobic, yeah. <laughs> awful, yeah. awful views. You know, up until then yeah. had been there. They were kind of an open secret. You yeah. know, they were there. And if you cared to look, you could find them. But then they just became kind of very, very forefront and a whole bunch of people. And also like, things no challenged, thanks. you know, really challenged on the front burner of things. It was like not acceptable anymore. Yeah. It's never been mm-hmm. acceptable, but it's, it hasn't been uh, looked in the face, you know, until mm-hmm. most recently when it's like, you can't just casually be a hater to everybody who's not like you and mm-hmm. no, have no accountability yeah. for it, you know? Yeah, well, and then when, like, presented with that challenge, they're all just doubled down on it. Yeah. Like, no, we're right. You guys are all terrible. Yeah, that's not the kind of church I want to be a part of. Well, there was a pretty big generational split, like, yeah. A bunch of friends my age that I knew that still went to church after that, like, that kind of tore their families apart, honestly. They were like, yeah, Yeah. no, and I can't talk to my family about it at all because it just, yeah, like, my parents just doubled down on you know bigotry and the next scene is uh ned then is back talking to wit he says not only is the show supposed to represent vps to the parents but the whole drama program rests on it and it's a favorite story of the pastor but that's not even the worst of it the whole reason for doing this kind of thing is to help kids understand the bible a little better but they aren't getting anything out of this at all um I mean, I feel like his heart is in the right place. But uh, so Wit is basically like, well, you don't know that. You don't know what they're learning or aren't learning. Only God can really tell what they're picking up. Only God and Mr. Whitaker. And Mr. Whitaker, yeah. <laughs> Who has the oh, insight yeah. to know that that they are picking up stuff. Spoilers, they're He's picking the up stuff. He's deity of, yeah. of Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then, and then Wit, in all Whitley fashion, turns it back on Ned and says, like, what about you? Like, what are you learning? And Ned is basically like, oh, so Muggsy and the pastor and the show, they're all supposed to be my fiery furnace, right? Wit's like, well, not quite that far, but the lesson is the same. As long as you put your trust in God, he'll protect you. From what? What? I know this whole thing. He'll protect like, you from shame. Public shame? Right? Like, from public shaming. Yeah. Nobody can protect I... you from public shaming, my friend. No, also, nobody can. Not yeah. even God can protect you. <laughs> also, like, you can put all of your trust in God and things can still blow up in your face. Sure. Oh, yeah? Give me one example. Just one. <laughs> uh, oh, just one? Yeah. Anyone. Any example. I bet you can't think of an example. I mean, I... Oh, you caught me. You're oh, putting so on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say my previous relationship. Uh, but I, you know. I ended up oh, in yeah. Columbia. So, I mean, there's one. I was like, all right, God, 
with the capital G O D. Some to you, and then I was in Colombia, and you know, yeah, and I got out good? of the jungle that I was lost in. But you were lost in the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I saw pictures up. of when you were in Colombia. I mean, that yeah, sounds got- exciting. It was exciting. It was exciting. It was, um, but yeah, you know, sometimes, because I also don't think it's the worst thing to mess up in front of everybody. It's just not the worst thing that can happen to you. It's called no, character it's actually, building. And, it's actually and really I think good. it helps you learn like, oh, look, I did it. I had a horribly embarrassing experience and I'm still fine. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Like, what? It makes the, you the worst? human too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's, oh, the worst you can do is fail. Okay. Yeah. That and that makes it really challenging. specifically has impeded me a lot in my life. And I think yeah. that came out of the church. 100%. Fear of failure. Yeah. Right. Because failure equals like hell, right? It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's like very deeply internalized. Even still, I have yeah. trouble with that. Me and too. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh anyway, flash forward to the night of the sketch. It starts with Ned narrating the story. I've already kind of given a walkthrough. Um as he's like explaining, you know, among he brought the best and brightest of young men to study in his palace and learn. Among them were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Mugzi says hi mom <laughs> the crowd laughs it's so cute yeah it's so cute yeah ned ignores it carries forward keeps interrupt or keeps um narrating um explains the statue whoever uh didn't bow down would be bl- thrown into a blazing furnace and then hank says you know like what they burn trash in which was something they talked about previously which again mm-hmm. Uh, and then Muggsy says, they know, they know. And the crowd laughs again. It's just like all this fun banter. But meanwhile, Ned is getting more upset because it's not his script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's like, just, he just keeps trying to like take it back to the script and back to the script. But it's a huge improvement on his script because when this play started, I was like, oh my God. Like it was so <laughs> dry <laughs> and boring. Well, he's- He's basically like, just like reading it from the Bible. Yeah. It's just like Bible yeah. names and like, yeah, it was so, it was brutal. <laughs> this is a, kind of a side note, but did you guys ever read the Bible all the way through? I, I never. Had to in college. I never have. <laughs> have you? Me neither. No, me neither. No. I tried to make myself do it when I was like 13, but then I yeah. gave up. Gave yeah. Up. I tried a few out. times. And I could never make it through. Like the Bible in a year or like any of those reading plans? Yeah, I tried that. And I tried just going straight through what's, um, what is it that Adrian Plass says? You got, I got lost somewhere in the gallbladders of Leviticus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. I could never yeah. get, I think that was probably yeah. the place. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. gallbladders of Leviticus. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Um, but I think it's important to note that no. in this play, the kids that he was worried about actually improved it so much and probably are the reason that it gave him a chance for having a drama program in the first place. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, it sucked. It was real bad. Yeah. 
It was pretty dry. Yeah. I wouldn't want him as my drama teacher. I know you guys have like a soft spot for him, but honestly, I think he's a wiener. Oh, I don't. (laughs) Soft spot for him. Totally. He's the worst. (laughs) But he fits. I mean, he fits the profile of like what, you know, a teenager that is taking care of kids. I feel like I was probably kind of like this. If like if I had been in the similar thing, I feel like I probably would have been kind of like this, like kind of a wiener and kind of like, okay, guys, like let's get back to focus. Like, like I probably would have been the worst. For one week. Also, I'm pretty another. sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what your voice sounded like in high school. <laughs> it did burn. It was really no. It, did. it was really nasally in high school. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I mean, I had the same thing that he had, which was like detrimental need for approval of other people. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, same. And I don't know how much that rubbed off onto kids I was like teaching or something, but I know it was like in everything I did at church, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anything, yeah, I'll do anything yeah, okay. for you to say you yeah. like me, and I'm good, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I would never want and him to teach me drama. How, how is that now? Now? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I've had to do, like, so much work on it because it, like, I, so, like, my life story since then was I ended up going to acting school in New York, and I am now enrolled in writing. And so all these things, like, artistically, it's like, they ask you to lean into who you are specifically as a unique person and Mm -hmm. you know we 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 got into this first year of our writing course and he was like the point of this year is to find your voice because every writer has their voice and it's and it's important but what's really detrimental about this thing this like need for approval thing is like you can't hear your own voice Mm -hmm. you know you're always looking Mm -hmm. for somebody else to say okay, this is good now. There's no Yeah, you change it. You change it to get approval depending on the situation that you're in. Right. And like also, you know, not even having boundaries to know who Mm -hmm. is the right person to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you need it so bad, you'll ask anybody. Yeah. You'll ask anybody for approval. And, um, you know, in, in my personal life, you know, like it was like I needed so much approval from my dad because he was like the biggest authority figure in my life and he never gave it to me because I just wasn't what he wanted me to be but that was really hard it was really sad to grow up with that and it's hard because you grew you grew up with it and and as a kid it's impossible for you to see that that has nothing to do with you and everything to do with your dad you know totally So it's like always trying and then you're just like shape shifting, you know, mm-hmm. like, can I do this to get approval? Can I do this to get approval? Yeah. But I, that's also what I loved about like the kids in these, this episode is they just were them. Yeah. They were brilliantly yeah. them. And yeah. I thought for shame on anybody who tries to snuff that. Yeah. Because yes. It's hard to keep it as you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They literally didn't care that he was irritated with them at all and they were really sincere too like they wanted to learn the story you know yeah yeah why can't we have a fire extinguisher yeah they were pretty sweet actually yeah Yeah. 
which is an interesting association with the gang thing, you know, because I like, know. Yeah. Why gang? But I think it's this, I think it goes back to this like good and bad dichotomy of like, yeah, the bad kids. How worthy are the bad kids of like love and attention? I don't know if you guys had this when you were in church school or like Sunday school or whatever. There was always the bad kids and then like the really good kids. I'm trying to think. I don't, I, I don't remember much from, I, I think I must have blocked a lot. <laughs> I mean that's probably stuff. the safest way. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I was so yeah. I was like one of the really good kids, and then but my best church friend was like just like one of the bad kids. She like did drugs, and she was like she was like bisexual for a while, and she like hey, was, and the funny thing is she's kids? now a pastor. Yeah. When you said the bad kids. I was thinking of her. Were you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because she like, smoked. She was like, like you okay. Know, so our mom, and- our mom came into Sunday school and did like a Sunday school, um, on talking about sex. Yeah, what? Do you remember this? Yeah, I wait. Like high school. Were kids. we at the same one? Yeah. Wait for like guys and girls or just girls? I don't remember, and I don't even know if I was there. This is okay. how bad my memory is. I like don't even remember if I was there. I remember her coming in okay. and we like all wrote questions in a hat and like gave them yeah. to her. And your friend wrote a question about like being bisexual. Did she? Oh, I don't yeah. even remember this. Yeah. yeah. About like being attracted feel- to girls or it's like yeah. Yeah. And this is mine. I don't That's know if I was there or if mom told me about it afterwards and she was like, I didn't know yeah. what to answer. Totally. <laughs> That's so funny. I just remember the only one that I remember from that day and it has been burned into my memory. Thanks, mom. Is uh, one of the girls asked something about like, well, shouldn't you like have experience before you get married? Like sexual experience. And my, and my mom answered, uh, well, you know, I didn't have experience when I got married, and now I have 25 years of experience. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh, she can't She's been ousted on the podcast. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking if she listens to it later. Oh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. She hey. She's one of our big fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all that I remember from that. And then yeah, I also took- you just shut down. You were like, okay, I totally, yeah, I can't do this. Because <laughs> then I also took a relationships course in college from our dad, <gasps> who also talked a lot about sex. So oh that might be God. maybe a Patreon thing that I just like. Yeah. Well, I've John- probably still have my notes from it. John wants to come on the Patreon and talk about sex, so we're gonna have a nice, a nice sex oh, nice. talk on the Patreon. We nice. can all That's talk about all our weird stuff from growing up evangelical. Yeah. <laughs> all our trauma, shame stuff. The one story, Candace, that you told at the book club, you have to tell on the Patreon. Um, which it's not one? about sex, but it's about the, when, it, when you got the book, the period book. We were talking about this. Remember when you get your period and then your parents give you a book? Your oh, dad the, the sex bench. book. Yeah. Oh, they, just, like oh, so because yeah, it was for what? like it was like not gender specific. Like it and so it was it was called So You're Almost Twelve. You you didn't get the book, did you, Karis? <laughs> no, I didn't even get the sex no. talk. 
yeah yeah we might we might save this for patreon (laughs) it is a good one (laughs) and my favorite part is that it starts with so you're almost 12 and you're (laughs) (laughs) i know i know so (laughs) now that you've had that experience how are you going to bring this up to your own children are you going to get the same book Yes, probably. You know, it was Do it as a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my own children are already like well acquainted with a lot of anatomical terms that I was not aware are, of it's until I was an adult. So, you know, we're just trying to make everything non-shameful. Sorry, that we took we took a very long detour. Yeah. This might all come <laughs> out. Okay. That's okay. okay. I, I, we I'm can, glad it happened. Yeah, we Patreon. should we should definitely put some of this on the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. So Hank says, you know, like what they burn trash in. Muggsy says, they know, they know. And the crowd laughs. So there's this like fun back and forth. Uh Ned is just like ignoring them and trying to get through before die before like dying of embarrassment. And so he says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down before the image. And then Junior jump uh pipes in and says, The dirty rats. and so there's just like all this fun back and forth with them um so nebuchadnezzar talks to them and then warns them like you'd better fall down or you'll be thrown into the blazing furnace then what god will be able to save you uh then what god will be able to save you with his hand or something and then mugsy says hand schmand listen nebby we don't have to explain nothing to you (laughs) like it's just like so casual um and then yeah and then hank says yeah if you throw us into the furnace our god will rescue us and junior says yeah and even if he doesn't we still won't serve your gods or down bow down before your stupid mountain of gold and then they have this like back and forth oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. like back and forth anyway this vaudeville thing that they like to do like every other episode in adventures yeah 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 Yeah. it's fun and then uh so nebuchadnezzar makes the furnace hotter throws them clothes and all into the furnace mugsy says geronimo and then hank says i knew we should have bought a fire extinguisher and so everyone uh, laughs everyone's yeah there's like fun they're like making it so fun king nebuchadnezzar says we threw meat three men into the furnace but now i see four walking around unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like the son of the gods and then they're singing give me oil in my lamp keep me burning 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 or something <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> i thought this was interesting because they say it looks like the son of the gods but obviously this is old testament right. Right, we right. don't know. Yeah, Jesus isn't isn't around yet. Isn't around. So there's a couple theories. I think, from my understanding of it, that it was. It's like either like the angel, like Gabriel, or like one of the archangels, or like Jesus. Like, because like in the Old Testament, there's a couple times where there's like this angel is spotted, but like the theory is that it's Jesus. So not just here, but like other parts of the Old Testament too. I'm wondering so about I don't when really that know. was written in, though. <laughs> like I'm wondering. Yeah, totally. About- yeah. Well, and yeah, this yeah. idea, like when he says the son of the gods, like because he says the son of the gods, doesn't yeah. he? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, is this someone then from Babylonian though? mythology? That he's like, oh yeah. Do you know, like, like that referencing, he's, uh, referencing? Because he, they already had a conversation about like 
the the god of the Israelites. Yeah, right. Not to fall down a theology what? hole here, but I'm just kind of who, I was. Who, I yeah. feel who like I should know more about again? this. Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense then because he's he's not an Israelite. Yeah. You know? So yeah, like, so he. Must that's why I thought maybe it was like referencing a Babylonian mythology kind of. Yeah. And Babylonian yeah. mythology, as far as I understand, which is like not a ton, I know a little bit, is like similar in line to Greek mythology. Like they have similar yeah. lineage descendants that way. But I do think it's interesting that that gets attributed to like being Jesus because I it's in my mind, it's more likely he's like talking about his own his own mythology you know well yeah because it's then like translated like in uh daniel or whatever it's uh it's as if it was says Jesus. that it's like yeah it was the son of god oh oh yeah this is one of jesus's like preview appearances sneak peek right <laughs> just a mention <laughs> yeah yeah no it says a son of the gods so yeah I think you're right. I think you're right um, as far as, like, I, he's referencing some Babylonian mythology. Well, he's referencing what he knows of God. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? His understanding of God is multiple yeah. gods. As a kid, I definitely thought he meant Jesus. Me though. too. I thought it was Jesus in there. Right, totally. Well, and that's how, I think that's how most people have, like, most evangelicals have interpreted it. Like, when telling the story. Because I think that's what we were told growing up. Was yeah, that but that doesn't God, make any sense Jesus. at all. No, I know. But it's because it, it's because it's the all powerful thing. It's like he can time travel too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has no beginning and no end. Yeah. Except the whole point of Jesus was that he was like a physical presence, you know, like like lived a human life, yeah. and like was a right. Human. But he also, but he also was like there with god in the beginning oh yeah like in the beginning was the word right like before he was human he was like spirit yeah before he but, was but like isn't that the holy god, spirit but like <clears throat> well yeah i mean yes <laughs> i don't know i'm just saying this is as far as my theology I'm understanding just, has taken me I, the the trinity is very confusing for me. It doesn't make me sense. Too. Doesn't yeah. I, I kind of feel like the yeah. spirit part was added on as like a little um like a little pizzazz, yeah. you know. <laughs> Cuz I'm like what's the why? Yeah. Anyway, we can get into this another time. I yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. That's, anyway, that's I just as far as I understand is like he was there at the beginning like with god they all were this is the bait and switch you thought you were listening to a fun adventures in odyssey (laughs) podcast and now we're gonna turn it into like a deep theology and if you're not saved by the end of it (laughs) we haven't done our job right oh god the king calls him out of the furnace uh they say see it's like this king our god is greater than anything you can come up with he's the god of the universe and he doesn't like when people badmouth him you know and so then nebuchadnezzar decreed that no one would say anything bad about their god they were promoted to oversee babylon and then um so the three the the mugsy and his gang then have one last like 
line together. For he is a living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves, performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And then Muggsy says, well, what are y'all waiting for? That's all, folks. And that's the end. Everyone laughs. Um, And that it was fun. Like, you, you know, it's like fun and entertaining. And then after the show, Ned is just like freaking out. It was so terrible. Um, the pastor comes over. He apologizes to Ned. This was interesting. Like when you first suggested it, I had a lot of reservations. Even though you have experience, you're still a teenager. Then I realized I wasn't being very fair to you. It's admirable of you to want you want to use your talent for God. And this was a cute and interesting version. So this, I thought this was interesting just because the pastor like put so much pressure on him before. And it's like, obviously the pastor was feeling that same pressure of like, yeah, this is like, a you whole, know, like the same stress. Yeah. It's a whole like yeah. shit rolls downhill from of people like totally. not being able to sit with and like Process. experience their emotions, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. They can't, so they just project them, just put it onto other people. Yeah. Ned surprised. Several of the other parents also gave compliments. They've never seen their kids have so much fun with a Bible story before. And then he says, tomorrow, come by my office and we can chat about the drama program. And then the pastor says, okay, good night, everybody. Good night, wit. And I'm like, but nobody else was with them. Who's the everybody? (laughs) I did not catch that. But maybe it was just like to everybody. Just announcing announcing to the foyer that he's leaving. Like... It was so, Goodbye. but like, Goodbye. and then calls, Everybody. and then like calls Wit by name. Like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because they're connected. He's the sub deity. Yes. Um, right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's got a direct connection. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> if you want to talk to God, you go to Wit. Yeah. And so then Muggsy and his friends come over and they apologize for giving him such a hard time at re- giving Ned such a hard time at rehearsals. And they say, but we really had a lot of fun. And all the stuff we learned, it was all right. Sorry for the trouble we caused. And we really enjoyed the play. And then he says, we were also wondering if we could come to your class on Sunday. And Ned says, sure, it starts at nine. And Muggsy says, great, come on, guys. We'll see you then. Which is like, so then Wit's like, see, I told you. Yeah. Does this like smarmy like see the Bible is so powerful even when you think kids are just running around you can tell you can't tell what's sinking in and yeah Ned says I guess the important thing is to just keep teaching them and then um, that's basically the end of the episode <laughs> like, like that I just <laughs> the important thing is to just keep teaching that like to me yeah. that is that could be like the poster for church like. <laughs> Like pastors just like coming up with stuff, stuff to say that actually like is half the time not even relevant to anybody other than themselves, but they just have to keep teaching, you know, like it's like never let people sit and yeah, you just got to keep cramming this stuff down people's throats and when eventually they'll thank you for it. Yeah. But I thought that it's was all about lame, planting a seed. I was like, they were so empowered up there on the stage doing their thing. Like they didn't have anything yeah. to be sorry for. I know. This is kind of how every episode ends, though. Somebody has to apologize to someone, and then everyone has to apologize to Wit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <So true. laughs> 
formulaic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they figured out what works. The other thing I was going to say, though, like, I was thinking about this earlier. My last thought on this episode is that so when the pastor comes up to him and like gives him all this approval and then suddenly his opinion about everything that he just felt everything that he just went through and experienced changes Mm -hmm. to me it makes me think like it just it doesn't distill a sense of personal autonomy a sense of trust in how you feel about things you know if all of a sudden totally this one overpowering force tells you it's good then you just are like oh yeah it's good even if your body your whole experience is telling you something different and that is so typical of the way people view pastors like I had I even I, I never I mean growing up as a PK I never really realized it because you know like he was just my dad and you know he wasn't that great but everyone like (laughs) really thought he was I can't believe you said that (laughs) um and I had one friend when I was in high school and she like I think a big part of the reason why she was my friend was because I was the pastor's kid and then it like connected her to the pastor you know like she's like I'm hanging out with the pastor's family like I'm in a prominent family and she was a lot more aware of like social status and stuff than I was um and even like she was from England and so then I I was I lived in England with her for a while and like the church there when I started going to church there with her when she was explaining like who was who she's like, Oh, well this is like a a prominent church family. And this is a prominent church family. And she kind of understood everything in terms of hierarchy, which I think is a very British thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it definitely like taught me a lot about understanding things in terms of like class. Um, Cause we, we have like a lot of the same stratifications here. We just, they're just not talked about as obviously. So yeah, yeah well, like I, it, it is problematic to have like these like f- couple of powerful celebrities in your church that can kind of control so many people's opinions of themselves. Mm-hmm. I had a similar thing growing up. Like there was a girl who was the PK who was my friend, but it was like, I was kind of like the lesser friend in terms of people she could choose to spend time with. And so it always was this like super honor, you know, to get to go to her house and hang out and da da da. Oh man. But like a really weird, like I never, because her dad was a pastor, I was like, I never wanted to like engage her dad. I just like, we're like, let's hang out in the basement. Like I never wanted to see him outside of the church because it's weird to think that he's like your dad. And I don't know. Like it was something. But I, but class wise, like, I was always, I always felt below her, like in everything, in like clothing she had, in the sports and like, like music lessons she got to do and the opportunities that she was given. I always felt like I was just like one notch below on the ladder, you know? And so in some ways it mm. fostered this like not worthiness thing of like, oh, you, and I always thought, I was like, how did, is she like closer to God? You know, I was like, does she just like get it? 
can see your God because like I can't. No, I never could either. I was a pastor's kid and I could never hear God. I mean, not in the way, not in the way that I was told I was supposed to. I think I was probably like hearing from, if you want to say God, sure. Like in terms of, you know, social, social interest in social justice and like seeing a lot of the problems in the church, but nobody wants you to hear those kind of things from God (laughs) in that organization. Right. Whatever you want to call it, God. To me, there was actually this one really powerful book that I read because I had totally shut out the idea of God for a long time because the church like messed it up for me. And then I read The Artist's Way is what it's called. And she says, she basically says like, you know, God, universe, great being, like whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. She's like, mm-hmm. just use it. Just like get in contact with it. And mm-hmm. let it help you is what she said. And I was just like, don't mm-hmm. so suck like this to me. But I started to try and do it. And I realized like how much I'd shut out even the idea of like external help coming in, you know, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like spirituality, because they like, they just poison so many really good things with by by putting them in these like tiny little boxes and like if you don't experience god or spirit or whatever like you said it, in this specific way then that's not you know and then also they label anything outside of those little boxes like the devil like right. oh you're hearing from the devil you know like yep. so it's like if you don't do it the right way then you're going to do it the wrong way and you're going to get possessed <laughs> you know yep right. which i was always very afraid of growing up you know what I should do? I should like go back there and be like, y'all are just practicing clairaudience, okay? Which is like, you're all just being psychic and yeah. practicing clairaudience. Yeah. They, they set me on fire. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> they they you. chase you out for sure. Yeah. Actually, this really funny thing happens whenever I go back there. Wow. There's like a few good people there. And then I always like go through to see my mom and I'm like, I feel like people are watching me because they all know. I'm sure they all pray for me on Tuesdays when they do their prayer meeting. My mom's like, my daughter doesn't. But she went to New York. She's an actor. Actor. (laughs) They're like, oh. denounced her faith. Yeah. She's a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait till they see what I publish. (laughs) Anyway. Have you seen, has your family seen it? No. You guys both read it, though, did you? That, yeah. Yeah, is that the one that you emailed me, Candace? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it. I wanted to read it again, actually, because I wanted to talk to you about it, but I wanted to read it a second time, so it was, like, fresh in my mind. Well, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, we can talk about it another time. Yeah. We could do that on the Patreon, too. Sure. Yeah, that would be fun. So idea. much Patreon content. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about the end part where chris yeah and the exoplot at the end i kind of like skimmed through it because i was running out of time it was like quarter after five and i was like "Ah!" and so i was like okay (laughs) so i missed stuff okay because that that i was listening to it while i was driving home and oh yeah that part i was just like it made me very uncomfortable because chris was talking about how you might think that when you talk about God, your friends aren't listening to you at all. 
but you should keep talking about God and like sharing your faith and then it will change people's hearts. And yeah, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. So like, it made me feel so yucky. And I think it's because being raised with this idea that you like need to evangelize people, like somehow it's on you to like save people's soul, you know? Yeah. Um, And also that the complete denial that that kind of thing alienates people and ruins relationships, like yeah, hounding yeah. people about, you know, it does. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, like, oh, this is so loving, does. but no, yeah. like. And also it alienates you, you know, like. It does. It, it, and I think that's part of the reason, though, because then you get it socially isolates you from people outside of the church. Mm, right. Totally. So then it just yep. kind of reinforces the the insularness of the church and like, oh, okay, well, you can only stay here. And it kind of cuts you off from even having ways to yeah. get out, you know? When I was in high school, I was like very <laughs> religious at, in ninth grade. And I had friends that I would like pray for in the hallway. You know, like my friend told me one time, she was like, I had sex with my boyfriend. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what if you get pregnant? I didn't know anything about anything. And I like prayed for her in the hallway. Just like, I was like, do you mind? And she was so, she felt so awkward, but she said, yeah. That's a good friend. That's like, also you were, you, you believed so fully. You know, yeah, like you yeah. were so sincere in your belief, yeah. yeah. So it was just like, but it was, a, but it was this thing afterwards, and I like had so much shame about it because I was like, oh, that felt really oh, weird. You know, it felt it feels weird yeah. to try and make try and make somebody into what you want them to be. It's not yes. a comfortable thing. <laughs> no, because it's manipulation. Like you can, you you could even feel it, like. That feeling yeah. was what it feels like to know that you are trying to manipulate someone because it it totally is like, oh, I'm going to pray for them and then they're going to want to know more because I'm just like so godly and, you know, I'm going to yeah. lead them to yeah. the Lord by, you and know, going to have a miracle and God's just going to reveal himself to them. And I and- did that. Yeah. 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 True. So about like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's, yeah, it can be ostracizing to you and to them. It makes people uncomfortable. Well, it's like, it's yeah. like you joined um, a multi-level marketing organization <laughs> <laughs> and you're like trying to, you're harassing your friends all the time to like come to your Man. party. <laughs> Before COVID, when I was living in Red Deer, like every other week, someone would approach me about multi-level marketing stuff. <laughs> It's crazy. It's a big thing Like, right I'd be now. at the grocery store. My mom did it, though. My yeah, mom did yeah. Camper Chef. And she did another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's- I technically sell Arbon. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, a, a sales person. But I do it for the discount. I do it because it's, like, one of the few things that doesn't make me break out like crazy. So, might as well get it for cheaper. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. And I, like, when I first started, like, quote, unquote, selling it, um, I went to, like, a few of the training things, and and they made me so uncomfortable. Like, this one thing we went to, it was, like, you do, you watch, like, a video or something, like, a motivational video that's, like, supposed to 
help you be motivated to like sell stuff, you know, like get into the mindset of like selling stuff. And then it, it was, you just basically just like cold call people from your phone list. It was like, the challenge was for like everyone to call like 10 people. That's awful. Yeah. It was, I was like, oh man, I am not doing this. Nope. 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 (laughs) I would just call my mom 10 times. Oh yeah. Just pretend to be a different person. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't. I just no, didn't. No, that's horrible. To me, it's like that yeah. is so uncomfortable. And it also is ostracizing to people. Like I have a friend who started selling and it is unique and she's like really good at it. And, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. so she makes a lot of money doing it. But I fucking, uh, sorry. I hate, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to wear them. <laughs> yeah. As, yeah, uh, as, much as, as much as you want. Okay, great. I've been really censoring myself. But anyway, <laughs> I um, I wondered. I'm like, just let it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, because I don't know if people are going to be like offended. We'll see. Anyway, who cares? No problem. <laughs> um, yeah. We mark we mark off that it's explicit. Yeah. Yeah. When we put it up, people know. <laughs> um, yeah. But I just hated like the constant barrage of why this why her stuff is good like why i should buy her stuff all the time i'm like mm-hmm. capitalism get away from me yeah i know i I'm know like, why it's does everywhere. somebody need 10 mascara wands anyone even if you wear it every day like mm-hmm. no yeah these are my feelings yeah. about multi-level marketing <laughs> yeah but it's no it, it's, it's super alienating yeah. Like, and I tried doing like parties for a little while, but those, even those were like, you know, like, cause you're supposed to. <laughs> so when you book a party, then the goal is always to get more parties booked from like having a party. Right. So, yeah. and then you're supposed to like put it in when you put in your order for the party. And then if you don't, then it's like you kind of get this message that's like disappointed in you or like, you know, like it's very, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, the whole thing is pretty gross. Better luck next time. Yeah. Or it's like, it just like double checks, like, are you sure you didn't book any, (laughs) anything else? Oh man. And then it like keeps track of all your stats and stuff. And it's like, your goal is to have four parties this month (laughs) if you don't have any yeah, then also if you book yeah. them, then there's like incentives and it's a it's a very it's like a very complicated game that turns you into a terrible person. This is the way that evangelism is going. Yeah. yeah. Well and this is why save for like, people so many so many people in the one that I was in. Yeah. Um like, cause I went to, before I was like selling it, like when I was using the product, I went to like a conference, just one speaking event. Cause there was one in Red Deer and my dealer, my Arbonne dealer was going and she invited me. So I was like, sure, I'll go. Cause then she was talking about how there's like so many women of faith in it. And I was just like, it like grossed me out so much yeah, cause it was all kind of like the secret like you just have to like believe but it was also like prosperity gospel like yeah and it was all so superficial and so focused on getting money and I was like I don't like this that's hard because it's like a lot of those things have to deal with beauty too like that superficial element of it is like trying to make somebody 
different than what they are. Bad about themselves or bad about the products that they use, even if yeah. that's like what they can afford, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And it's probably fine. So, yeah. So that's basically the episode. <laughs> I, wanted wanna... to, I wanted to talk about yeah. um, being in church plays because we've all oh, been in yeah. church plays, right? Yes. Have you I've been heard. in a church yes. play, Karen? Yeah. I mean, yes. And also, like, uh like skits at like mission like uh what what are they like when you go oh my god my oh, like on a mission trip tour um, mission trip yeah like a mission trip or like on tour yeah cuz oh, yeah, like cuz you did so many more christian yeah. things than i did <laughs> i also college, did bible college did. so we did like evangelism and we did like tours and we like went around and did street ministry and like handed out baking to people yeah. and, at midnight and like see that was my jam in a wheelchair. all I wanted to do and I wasn't allowed to do it yeah I know that was yeah, to that me was... was like what's the point if we're not doing this I remember yeah. I suggested to the young adults pastor um <laughs> that we should if we were like <laughs> if we wanted to actually do like outreach and like connect with people that we should be like handing out water out in, by like by the bars downtown. And yeah. he was just basically like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, like every suggestion I was, I ever made was met with. That's a terrible idea. Or yeah. you shut up. I mean, not like you and shut then, up, but basically like oh, shut basically. up. You don't know what you're talking about, you woman. Right. <laughs> and then someone else would come up with a suggestion. And it'd be like, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. But Just, uh, church plays. Okay. So oh, yeah, I was in a skit. It was called the Jesus is my everything skit. And it was one. Was okay. this at our church? Yeah. Was when I was in middle school, and it was this like music song that you that there was like acting to it, and then we had to do it. We a drime. It was a drime. It was a drime. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, and it was like you had to be. There was like one beautiful girl who got like taken away by like a a lover who was like an alcoholic, and then Jesus. And the lover like fight each other for her, and then oh my god! <laughs> and I just, Wait, what I was the song? It was like every it was everything. I think that's what the song was. by Lifehouse. By Lifehouse, yeah. Yeah, Paris, yeah. Is this the same one that you guys did at? Is this when you showed at me the college? It's like crazy. It's the one that I showed you. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. He's like, he like. The person like does drugs and like tries to like kill themselves right. and like and then God comes along and like saves them yeah. right I was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Demons. like they gave me a black hoodie and i wore tights over my face. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite we need to post a link to that there's like this has been recorded on youtube a few yeah, times from a bunch okay. of different churches so we'll post a link in the show notes because if you have not seen this drive you need to see it it is it's insane it's and this is what Christians think will happen if you like go to the bar or like don't I don't know do anything that's not church. Basically, right. you will become a prostitute and a drug addict. Yeah, and then try to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like it's like yeah, and then Frank commits suicide. Um, so then there's that's what that. happens if you don't have Jesus. That's if you don't have <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So there was that one, and then there was another one that I was in. I think I must have been like in grade seven. It was a Christmas play that somebody had written in our church that was entirely a monologue, and it was so long. It was like fifty pages of monologue long. And she asked if I would do it and I just kept putting it off. And then I was like, and then the imminent fear of failure was like oh no. overtaking yeah. me. And I started having like nervous breakdowns because I was like not memorized. But it was this weird thing of you like had to memorize you couldn't even read it? No, I had to memorize it. Wow. Oh my God. There was like a choir. I can't even remember what it was about. It was something Christmassy. But I was the only person who would like talked in it. Um, so it was like, and it was the first time that I was in the church. So I was always artistic, like always growing up. But they never let me do anything. They all, like, I was never mm-hmm. good enough to do stuff. So like, I was never good enough to be on the worship team. I was never good enough to like do the, do the downtown ministry. I was never good enough. It was just like so annoying. Anyway, what were you going to say, Candice? Okay, well, just to that, like, did you ever notice how always, like, kind of the special programming was the pastor's daughter? Always. <laughs> like, always. Yeah. Like, there was so much talent in that church, and, and it was it always, was always yeah. her, and sometimes the pastor's wife. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, every once in a while, there was, like, a special number from someone else, but... There were like there were people in the church who were like actively pursuing things like singing and acting and yeah you know yeah. writing and like and it was known and it was always like the pastor's wife and the pastor's daughter. Well, I was crushed. Like I went to a I went to Red Deer Christian like Christian school, and I remember in the fourth same. grade. Yes, yeah, same. In the fourth grade, there was a song that like I they were my music teacher I remember I wanted to sing it up with the worship team like I was just so passionate about it and then there was this other girl in our class I remember this who had like a better voice than me or something and then she wanted to sing it and so she got to sing it and it was just like it crushed me from that moment for like they let her and not you yeah yeah and I was like why not both of you exactly exactly because there's a status thing, you know, it's like, it has yeah, so much less to do yeah. with what it actually is about. But it crushed me this like yeah. moment. And that happened over and over again. Like, they're like past the PK when the PK is like, was on another worship team when we were older. And she just was always like the main person, you know, the main person. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else was like backup. So which is like, fine. But it was just annoying to always be the backup person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> at, at one of those Christmas events that the pastor's daughter was running and making, doing everything, all the things, um, I got to do a dance. So that was Ooh. fun. That you so choreographed was, yourself or you got No, she into- choreographed it. <laughs> and then, yeah, of course. And then there was four okay. of us that did it. We all did like popped up you? on like different. 
Yeah, but I love dancing. Anytime there was a chance to do anything dance related, I was there. I was yeah. terrible at it, but I was there. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure you were not no. terrible at it. I didn't mean, yeah, like, yeah, you were terrible. I mean, I no. Like- <laughs> well, but there was one girl that was with us that was, like, really graceful and really coordinated mm-hmm. and just made the rest of us look bad. Dancing for yeah. Jesus. But she also made me feel really bad. insecure in, like, all airy. All areas. What? I said, when you're dancing for Jesus, you can never look bad. <laughs> Hallelujah. Unless yeah. you're, like, shaking your ass or something. I don't uh, know. Twerking, twerking for Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure that exists. Like, have you seen those those like swingers for Jesus? Oh man, like, <laughs> switching spouses for Jesus. Like, you can do anything for Jesus. <laughs> the show notes of this episode are gonna just like have link after link after link after link. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want the link to swingers for Jesus. <laughs> man, it's crazy. It's it's really funny. Yeah. Um. Uh, Karis, that's how they you, convert people. Did you share a story yeah. about being in a play? Um, well, when I was in college, I got to be in a play. When I was in, you were like a main character in a tour play, yeah. So we, like the big one, yeah. So we yeah. did this. So we did this play, and it was called Peddling Parables, and it was two characters, and we so we went out in groups of like five of us. <gasps> Did you see this? I don't know who you saw do it. You might have seen a couple other people that I was in college with. There was another group, and they were probably the best of all of the groups. Um, yeah, and so our group was uh, – so it was two main characters. The story was, like, it's these two um, – like, the the style is, like, you're, like, kind of ho- a homeless hobo kind of style. Can I say that? Yeah. Like, yeah, Okay. I don't know. Anyway, and um, you find these stories. You hear the, you like heard these stories that this guy was like telling before, and so then you start retelling the stories. And so like it's these parables. So it's all like the parables from the Bible, and you're retelling them. And so then like one of you is telling, and the other one is acting them out, and you're like going back and forth and back and forth. And then of course it ends in like the crucifixion because it's like all of Jesus parables that he was telling. And then you like, you get more animated and more into it each parable. And then like the last one kind of there's like this stump and you like, as you're leaving, like pull like a wire or something. And then it like flips into a cross. And then like, that's kind of how it ends is like this person that peddled all these parables and this is what happened to them. And, and anyway, it was really fun. It was written by a local, um, um, playwright, I guess we'll say, from Cochrane, and um, he, what was it? What was his company? It was like Burnt Stick Theater or something. Um, anyway, amazing guy. It was like super fun. So that's like okay, the only play that not, I did. This is not the she has a name guy, right? No, right. I know that. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but he. They can't know talk each about other. that. We don't have time. Okay. <laughs> No, another <laughs> on maybe on Patreon, but then another on Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> Patreonless. So many things. Um, well, this is fun. So yeah, so that so tell me, tell us about yours, Candace. I don't remember what oh. I'm like. I'm so impressed you guys remember what yours were called. Do you remember what mine was called? called yeah, drama. yeah, yours called was drama. Not drama. <laughs> drama. 
trauma. <laughs> trauma. Um, yours was um, a Jesus and Me production. Yes, yeah. it was a Jesus. Yes. Oh man! What so was it Jesus called? and Me did, is this production company that sells plays, and they so churches buy the the plays, and there's like puppets and sets and everything. And like the there is so the puppets like kind of come out of holes in the sets, and then there's actors. And I I was in one of their plays with my friend Nancy, and yeah, because we, we ended up doing the same of, play a few years later. Yeah, weren't you a puppet in that play, or maybe John? In the one that you did, yeah, yeah I was the I, I was yeah. the mouse. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which was like about a scientist who created an invention that sent him to Tuk Tuk Tuk, and we were all trying to find him. It was like the case of the missing scientist, or it was something about him. Yeah, the case for Doctor something. It was started with yeah. a W. Doctor Withers or something. Oh yeah, that sounds. That- it was something like that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I don't remember much there was another girl that was like the bad girl and we like caught her doing something bad and i don't remember what it was right right but i do remember i was wearing the style at the time was like short shirts and so i was wearing and i'm tall and i have like a long torso so i was wearing just like a regular t-shirt but it like was like only at like the top of my jeans and there was like points where I had to like put my hands up and we were like jumping and dancing and stuff and someone was like are your parents okay with you wearing that on the stage and then because it like showed my belly (laughs) and that's awful also I'm pretty sure dad talked to me about it later Wow. And was like, I'm not sure that was like a very appropriate choice. <laughs> but you know, like being a woman and trying to find clothes during any given fashion period, especially oh then, like, do you remember when it was like cropped? There was like short shirts and low cut jeans. And I'm like, who mm-hmm. is this style for? Because it is not for like you 99% know. of people. <laughs> no. It's not comfortable. Nobody likes to have their butt crack hanging out and nobody wants to see it. So like, why, why is this a thing? And like pulling your pants up every five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they don't stay on your hips. Yeah. So that's what I remember. I had an inappropriate wardrobe choice cause I wore just a regular t-shirt, but my body yeah. betrayed me as it is wont to do when you're a woman in the church we love your body Candace. Yeah. <laughs> thank you um also I was like I remember I was in an Easter production speaking of people externally policing your body at church Man. um and like giving you feedback about your unsolicited feedback about your body when you're at church and you're a woman I I was probably like 12 or 13 and our church in Moose Jaw was doing an Easter production. I think it was Easter. And I was a leper. And so like uh, at one point Jesus healed me and I had to like take off all my bandages and stuff. Um, And then at the end of that, a guy from an adult from the church like 
came up to me and was like, God just like showed me that you're going to be so beautiful. <laughs> like, Whoa. Is that not kind of creepy? And then that's super like, inappropriate. A couple of years later, <laughs> after we'd like moved, I was back there for some reason and I like saw him again and he didn't recognize me. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm Candace. And then he was like, Oh, you know, this is like the vision that I had of you fulfilled or something. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, first of all, why do you even remember that? And uh, get away from me. You yeah, creepy like, old man. Like, back on now it's so creepy. Yeah, totally. It's so creepy. As a kid, like, or like as a teenager, you don't, you don't necessarily always have that vocabulary to be like, this is why this makes me uncomfortable. It's just like, uh, okay. Yeah. I remember being insulted because it was like, you're really ugly now, but one day you're going to be beautiful. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh my uh, like God. the ugly duckling that turned into the beautiful swan. Yeah, like, like basically. Yeah. God, God. Also, the fun part about your play that you did with the disappearance of Dr. Withers one. Yeah. Um, is there was a giant raccoon in it. Oh yeah, like there a was. Giant full body, like <laughs> full body. Only because we did a couple. Yeah. So I'll maybe put a picture of that on our social media also. I wish I, had I have a picture... pictures of me with the giant raccoon. Oh, nice. I wish I had a when picture I was in of college. me in it, like, when I was in high school in that play. Man. That would be fun. Yeah. But, no. There probably are pictures somewhere, like, on, like, some backup drive at the church somewhere. I'm sure, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You want to go uh, look for it, Karen? <gasps> Your mom could. Yeah, I do. My mom knows everything. <gasps> I'll give you her email. <laughs> yeah. She knows all the dirt, uh, okay? Yeah. She knows all the dirt. Yeah, we should have her on. Oh my knows, god! Yeah, you should. Would uh, she talk to us? <laughs> I'm Do you sure think we talk to you? But she. We should have you and your mom and us and our mom and our mom. <laughs> like a oh, big man. old gossip like fest. A round table. We'll yes! put it on the Patreon. Patreon. We'll put it on but the Patreon, so it's behind a paywall. My mom is still in it. Though. I know. Try. I really want to get on. There's this woman. Um, who started a program in Appalachia called Sexy Sex Ed. And so she does like sex ed teaching. And yeah. I want to have her on and talk about like how to heal from Christian sexual teachings. <laughs> like, I can't you... wait to listen. I currently, I mean, yeah. maybe it's too much information, but I went on a date. On, I was telling you guys, I went on a date on Sunday and then I went on a yeah. date yesterday. And even like, even now after sleeping with who knows however many people you know they still have things inside of me that I'm like I want to do this but like is it going to make me a bad person you know yeah. it, and I'm like yeah. Where is, what is that and I'm like I know exactly what it is it's this this being raised this way yeah so it's like a constant yeah, overriding totally that it has to happen but I'll listen into that one <laughs> Because even still, I have stuff that comes up. And I've been married for 10 years. Like, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I'm doing everything right. And, yeah. like, still I have stuff. So, awesome. yeah, I really I really want to have it. Okay, I'll read the questions. Question one. Why did Ned feel that the kids weren't getting anything out of his class? Because they were having fun. Because he <laughs> yes. was self-absorbed and being a wiener. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, because yeah, they were like, goofing around. Um, Ned told Wit that everything that had happened was his fiery furnace. Can you think of a time when it seemed like you were in a fiery furnace? And how did God help you through it? Okay, but I feel like, okay, this question bothers me because no, having just like general life struggles is not the same as like going out of your way to like stand up for God or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like having, having your church shut down because of COVID is not a fiery furnace, people. (laughs) (laughs) Having your church shut down for breaking the law. Yeah. 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 My fiery furnace, I'll say, um, is is the moment that I decided to deconstruct and my whole family ostracized me. There's a good fiery furnace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And how did God help you through it? Well, I didn't kill myself, so... Here we are. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. When everyone in your life I think COVID you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you believe something different. So they're, like, basically condemning you to a yeah. fiery fur. Like, really, hell is the ultimate fiery furnace. They're like, you're going to hell. <laughs> so I guess, in a way, we're all going to see a fiery <laughs> furnace. <laughs> We need Steven on here to combat that. <laughs> you can say, there is no hell. I don't know how Steven talks even. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I actually totally, yeah. I actually also don't believe in hell. But Me neither. I'm not. But really, not- like, if your family believes in hell, then that is literally, they were like, throw her in the fiery furnace because she doesn't believe in God. Yeah. Mine. Um, what is your favorite yeah. Old Testament story? Old oh, Testament God. story. Yeah, and how has it helped you? Honestly, the only Someone thing please I know pick my heart. a super obscure one. <laughs> what? I know, I'm trying to think of an obscure one. I said, someone please pick a super obscure one. <laughs> like... Mine's going to be obscure. Literally, the only thing I know by heart, because it always landed with me, was the verse, like, um, the, what, the for I know the plans I have for you. It's not a story, even. It's just like a verse. Oh, yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah, Classic. Plans to prosper you and not harm to harm you. Plans to give plans you to hope, give you in, hope a in a future. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that was, that's like the only one, I think. Also, I always love the story of um, the getting out of Egypt. But I think that was because of the movie. The that was a good movie. Yeah, the, what was uh, it Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. It's a yeah. The music was so good. Yeah, it's moving. Yeah, that's the only other one. I um, always liked um, the story of Esther and the story of Ruth. I think because they were like the only two the stories only that they told that were about women. Yeah. And then when I was a little older, I liked the story of uh, Rahab. Oh yeah, I like the story of Rahab. Yeah. Is Rahab the one, the woman who puts the tent peg through the guy's yeah. head? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, no. She, Rahab is she's the, the one, one who. No, she's the uh, one who, lowers someone down in a basket. No, she's the one who. Yeah, the she like hangs her. Floor. She was like a prostitute. Yeah. 
What? And she Did hides me? someone in her. Right. Okay. <laughs> Kate, there's on. like Googling the, it. The, the awesome woman who kills a guy with a tent peg through his head. Yeah. Rahab is yeah. the one who lived in Jericho. Yeah, so she hit she hit the guy yeah. and then helped him lower him down through a, yeah. from a basket in a basket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Saul, Karis, Paul. Oh, Paul. sorry, I'm googling it. JL. Oh, JL and the tent peg. Sis- yeah, JL promised to hide Sisera and cover him with a rug, but after he fell asleep, she drove a tent peg through his temple with a mallet. Her blow being so forceful that the peg pinned his head to the ground she was strong she had muscles yeah yeah um yeah those are good stories uh my favorite one was so there was a judge called othniel i want to say and he was a left-handed judge this is why i liked him um, but Aww. he, because yeah, I'm left-handed, um, and he, this, and it, that was actually significant to the story because he like confronts this king, this like large king, and because his sword was on his right hip instead of his left hip, the king didn't see him coming, and he like pulls his sword out and kills the king, and then because the king was so large. His fat just like engulfed the sword, and like it went, it like f- went missing inside of him. And I just thought that was <laughs> such an in because he was like so large that it just like fell fell over it, and like the sword disappeared. Uh, so that one was one of my favorites as a kid because it was like he was like left handed, and it came out of nowhere, and it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. The and Bible is full one. of all these like beautiful, wholesome stories to tell children. <laughs> I know. Murder, death, murder, <laughs> and prostitution. Uh, and so the- much prostitution. I know. So yeah. much prostitution. Selling. The so th- the other one is um, when kids taunt Elisha the prophet <laughs> and he curses them. When what? Is it, I thought he it was Elijah. Them. No, it's Elisha. Oh. Uh, and he curses. I googled it to make sure. So they he taunt him. Them. They taunt him because he's bald. They're really? teasing him, yeah, because he's you're, bald. You're bald and ugly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so he sends two bears out of the woods. He like curses them, and two bears come out of the woods and eat them all. Yeah, he like straight <laughs> because... up murders children because they called him bald. <laughs> oh my god! Like God. So there you With go. The power of God. He murders them. That's a good one. The power of God. And how have those stories helped you guys? <laughs> I mean, you could do anything with God, I guess. Even murder small children with a bear. Two bears. Mostly? Yeah, I guess his hands were technically clean because it was the bears yeah. that did the dirty. I kind yeah. of allude the story yes. of Moses to like how with like American slavery, people alluded the story of Moses their own plight is like deliver us out of this shit basically mm-hmm. you know oh, to me yeah. that's like a that's like a really strong pillar in my life is like enslaved people especially by mm-hmm. people that look like me you know um totally i don't know there's something that there's a lot of things that really strike home about that so i guess it's relevant 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 <laughs> i'm tired 
<laughs> yeah, we should let you go. Um, I don't know. I think um, for me, it was just like women are important too. Like there was a few, yeah, stories that like showed that women were important too, and that's something I kind of clung to because the environment didn't really allow for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's a hard thing. Like we talk about it now a lot. Representation, how important it is to see yourself. Mm-hmm. and the people that you're mm-hmm. looking up to like in the images that you're mm-hmm. consuming the stories you're consuming but that's also the main reason why women are not seen as important in the church like there's no literature about them there's no like they're always totally. like second to something else you know yeah Karis, I think how that's did... probably oh go ahead oh I was gonna say that's probably why I liked the Othniel story that he was because he was the left-handed judge because it was like representation for someone who was like me yeah. as a left-handed person because yeah. I was because I'm the only one in my family other than mm-hmm. extended family but yeah. and like was the only one in most of my grades that was left-handed yeah. so yeah so shall we wrap up yeah, yeah. I think Elena, so anything, I think those yawns mean anything you want to plug Oh, anything people, I want to plug? Can people follow you on social media? Sure, yeah. You guys can follow me on social media. I'm at Elena Stalwick, um, which I'm sure the, my name will be in the little type thing. Um, in the show notes. In the show notes. Yeah, this was really fun. Thank you guys for having me on here. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks this was coming. wonderful. Yeah, this was really wonderful. It was. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to check out more of our stuff, you can find us on social media at uh, or on Instagram and Twitter at Ideology Podcast. Um, and if you want to hear even more behind-the-scenes content, find, follow our Patreon, $5 a month, and you get um, some fun extra stuff every month. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Mommy, sorry, I, just a minute. I need something to tell you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. I, I think you have nothing. Need you to put me to bed tonight. I can't put hey, you to bed tonight. Daddy, I can walk up. But I will put you to bed tomorrow night, okay? Okay. Okay. okay.